what to expect first. So expect that it will be difficult. Expect that it will demand that you perform multiple roles. And I know that sounds hard because you're gonna have to be a accountant, a volunteer, organizer, a facilitator, a speaker, a messenger, a driver, lahat na, lahat. Mag-set up ng stage, mag-distribute uh, ng flyers, bibigay ng pagkain sa mga tao, you know, all of it really, I'm sure, you know, it's part of it. But it's nice because throughout all these experiences, the difficulty and the variety of the tasks you'll face will really help you develop as a person. Yeah, we all go to school, but all of this, this work that you do with communities and outside, it really gives you an edge. Not just, you know, in your future career or in your professional development, but it also gives you an edge because it gives you a more nuanced understanding of how the world operates. And because you meet so many people then, parang really mas nagiging deep and diverse yung understanding mo sa mundo, which is important, diba, as you're growing up. Hello, hello, this is Adriel and you're listening to Para Kanina Podcast, the Filipino podcast that tells stories of young leaders, advocates, and social entrepreneurs hustling to build a sustainable and inclusive future for all. How is everyone doing? No, We're at the last quarter of 2022, diba? And for sure, super busy na nating lahat, no? Nagahabol ng mga deadlines, exams, and for those young professionals and entrepreneurs there, no? Closing our books dahil matatapos na ang year na to, no? Pero at the end of the day, sana everyone still has time to, you know, give back, volunteer, o kaya patuloy pa rin na matuto tungkol sa mga issues sa komunidad natin, no? And syempre, tuloy-tuloy pa rin tayong magkikwentuhan dito sa Para Kanina Podcast, no? Kahit may mga Counting breaks in between because, you know, life happens in between. So, speaking of kwentuhan, no, sino ba ang youth leader na makakasama natin for this episode? Well, we'll be chatting with the co-founder and president of the Cristiano Islam Peace Library o mas kilala bilang Chris Library. They are an NGO that aims to advance peace through education and youth leadership. Let's all welcome to the pod, Miss Ariza Nokum. Hi Ariza, kumusta? Hello Adriel and hello sa lahat ng nakikinig sa Para Kanino Podcast. I'm so 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 happy to be here. Okay naman ako, how are you? Okay lang, uh, still alive. Very Surviving. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you are too. Kasi iba ang buhay na may full-time, may NGO work, may volunteer work and going to fields every now and then, diba? Yes, alam mo yan, yes. <laughs> But that's what also drives us, so... Ayan, umpisa pa lang, diba? Oh, Wala yeah. Na. <laughs> May pasabog na tayo. <laughs> meron na tayong, ano, again, meron ng pahapyaw ng ating kwento, no? Pero, again, maraming salamat, Ariza, for joining me in this episode and for, you know, taking the time to share your story with our listeners, no? So, wag na natin patagalin pa, no? To start things off, Lagi nating binabalikan yung reason no kung bakit natin ginagawa yung mga ginagawa natin. Yes. So for you Ariza, when did you start becoming passionate about what you do in Chris Library? Oh, mahaba-haba ang kwento to. Ready ka na ba? <laughs> Ready. <laughs> okay. Game. Okay. So, why I started what I'm doing now with an organization working on youth and peace building in the Philippines. So, yun yung overview nun. It actually goes back to before I was born. Kasi before I was born, my parents in particular, they have a very, very colorful story. So, ibang klase yung love story, ibang level, pang pelikula, and someday sinasabi ko sa sarili ko kung sobrang dami kong pera, gagawin ko yung love story nila into a movie. So, yung dad ko, yes. <laughs> so, halang sabihin na sana all. <laughs> <laughs> diba? <laughs> Sana all nga. Sana all ganito ka amazing ang love story. So, yung dad ko, he's actually from Samboanga City and he comes from a Catholic and religious family. So much so na two years siyang pumasok sa seminary actually. But then something happened. So muntik na siyang maging pare, but then something happened. Well, that something is that he met my mom. 
And my mom, she's from Sulu. She's from the Taosug tribe in Sulu and she's Muslim. So, nag-meet sila sa Sambuanga basically. Tapos, when that happened, wala, you know, sparks flew, everything went to slow motion, birds were singing, and I think that was it, you know. At sa case nila actually, napakahirap eh. Kasi yung mga kwento nila sa akin at yung kwento ng mga kamag-anak nila, ibang level eh. Like, kunwari, ngayon, hindi kasi sila yung sobrang hilig mag-PDA na couple. Even as parents, ha. Tapos, tatanong ko sa, sa kanila, bakit hindi kayo sanay mag-PDA? Sabi nila kasi, nung bata daw sila, hindi sila comfortable mag-PDA kasi i-judge sila ng mga tao. My dad being Catholic, my mom being Muslim. If makita sila ng ibang tao, they would feel siguro na hindi nilolock down parang yung relationship nila hindi ina-accept and yung sa case ng mom ko medyo protective pa yung family niya to the point na parang sinasabi pag makita kayong naka-holding hands in public parang sasaktan namin yan si Armand yung name ng dad ko so may mga ganong klaseng kwento tapos even their families in the beginning especially were not very supportive of their being together. Pero sabi nga nila, love wins. So eventually, they fought through all the odds and against all the odds, they got married and started the family together. Pero hindi nagtatapos yung parang amazing na kwento nila kasi in their amazing kwento, they also decided na my dad would stay Catholic and my mom would stay Muslim. So kaming mga anak nila, me being the first child, experienced two religions growing up because not only did they retain their own religions they also wanted to share with their kids two religions so parang we will teach you Islam and Christianity growing up tapos ikaw na bahala mag-decide kung medyo mas mature or medyo mas marunong ka na kung anong religion yung nasa puso mo so I basically learned both religions growing up so very interesting childhood Parang we celebrate both Christmas and Eid al-Fitr, Eid al-Adha. We don't have any religious objects at home kasi parang nakikita namin siya na neutral ground. So wala kaming altar or wala kaming mga religious symbols or paintings. Ano lang talaga, parang sign of respect for both religions. And we were familiar with the prayers of both religions and basically yung mga basic principles and values. So parang growing up, I felt... Actually, how similar the two religions were. I didn't really feel na parang sobrang magkaiba sila. I knew that they were different. Pero parang mas nakikita ko na ang dami din palang similarities across the two. Yung naging siguro point of conflict for me is as I became more exposed to the world outside and as so many things happened then, nagkaroon ng 9-11 noong 2001, so batang-bata pa tayo, nagkaroon ng maraming developments worldwide like yung nangyayari, nangyayari sa Afghanistan eventually terror attacks here and abroad and eventually sa ngayon nakita natin more recently yung ISIS and then dito naman sa Philippines you had Abu Sayyaf you had different sieges different conflicts different instances of kidnapping pagbobomba happening in different parts of the country so parang naisip ko bakit kami sa bahay, we were able to have this kind of unity, this kind of harmony, despite the fact na magkaibang religion and culture galing yung parents ko. But then when I go outside sa bahay namin, parang opposite yung kwento. When you have people of different religions or different backgrounds, doon nagkakaroon ng clashes. So yun talaga yung pinaghuhugutan ko. The need to bring whatever we've experienced at home, that harmony, that peace, to hopefully other people in ways that will usher more development in their communities and in their lives. Ayun na nga ba. <laughs> Napaka-unique nga naman talaga ng experience na yun. No? Having that opportunity to really be immersed in both religions. No? Siguro in connection to building Chris' library. No? Parang, Uh, you mentioned kanina kasi na yung parents mo, diba, they're, they're from different religions, right? And this became the center of building Christ Library. Yes. Kasi nandun palang, in the name itself palang, Christiano Islam Peace Library, no? Yes. So, what inspired you and your parents? Because, you know, you're, I read in your website that it was your father who started it. What motivated and inspired them to put Christianity and Islam at the center of building a library. 
Yes. So, feeling ko yung naging motivation talaga sa kanila is seeing that the conflict that was happening sa sarili nila mismong hometown. As in, literally, kung saan sila lumaki, kung saan nakatira yung family nila. Background lang, my family and I eventually moved from Mindanao to Manila nung bata pa ako. But lahat ng kamag-anak namin nandun. So, all of our relatives are either in Zamboanga or Sulu. So, syempre, pag naririnig namin sa balita na, oh, may nangyari dito, tapos hobrang lapit sa bahay namin or sa bahay ng mga kamag-anak namin, ng mga kaibigan namin, sobrang personal yung concern eh. It's not a theoretical person that you see on the news or that you hear about on the TV or the radio. It's people that we know who are really affected by this. May mga pinsan ako who told me na nagigising sila to the sound of bullets in the morning. Mga nagbabarilan daw sa umaga. I have friends who have also told me na like may mga nare-recruit sa barangay nila or sa town nila na napapasok to groups like the Abu Sayyaf. And the worst is, syempre, pag may mga balita na namamatay or nasasaktan, nawawala ng family member. And these are people we've known for so long. So, it was a really personal problem for all of us in the family. And I think dumating yung parents ko and my dad in particular sa point na hindi niya, parang hindi niya hindi magagawan ng crime na magagawa ng solution. Like, he really needed to do something. So, that's what he did. I think, 2001 pa lang, nung nangyari yung 9-11, and nagsimula na rin yung ibang, some terrorist attacks, unfortunately, in some areas of Mindanao and the Philippines. Parang, nag, wala pa yung libraries namin, but he was already collecting books from Manila and then sending it to different parts of his hometown, to Zamboanga. And then eventually... And I think as I got more involved na rin, kasi lumalaki na rin ako, I was in high school, that's when we decided to really start an organization and start itong NGO, which is Christiano Islam Peace Library or CRIS. And bakit nga naging library? Well, I think for me and my parents, the one thing that really made a difference in our lives was education. So, yung parents ko, they come from very poor families. Pero what saved them was being able to get an education. So, yung dad ko, nagtapos siya ng MASCOM sa Western Mindanao State University. Yung mom ko naman, nakapagtapos siya ng nursing sa Ateneo de Sanbuanca. So, that really set them for the rest of their lives. And it made a difference. And then for me, ako at that point, no high school, I was a scholar sa Philippine science. So not only was I very grateful and felt very privileged that I had this scholarship, but I also felt that I had the responsibility to pay it forward. Kasi sa high school, parating sinasabi na bilang scholar kayo, you have to be a scholar for others. Kailangan mo maging scholar para sa bayan. So yun yung na-ingrain sa akin. And I think it really clicked na in the end, what we really wanted was to use education as a pathway to peace. That's why the first project, the first focus of our organization, Chris, was to build libraries. And this started in 2008. So I'll just continue a bit. Yung libraries namin, we wanted it to be a place that provided an opportunity for young people to have resources. Because in a lot of areas, where conflict is happening. Especially in yung mga kung saan lumaki yung parents ko. Some places in Sulu and Zamboanga. One reason why uh, youth or young people join terrorist organizations is not because they actually believe in the ideology of these organizations, but because they feel they don't have a choice and they get recruited because in some cases they don't know any other opportunity out there. So, dahil wala silang education, or sometimes meron naman, like nakapagpunta sila sa school, pero wala silang resources, not enough books, not enough computers, it's not the best case scenario. And so, mas vulnerable sila to getting recruited with a promise of money or opportunities by these terrorist groups. So, minsan kasi pag iniisip natin itong mga groups, parang pinivilify na natin yung mga tao na pumapasok sa mga grupong yon Pero hindi natin alam na 
pumapasok din sila out of a necessity that they feel na feeling nila yun lang yung way na magkatrabaho na magkaroon ng kabuhayan na magkaroon ng kita so that was one reason we wanted to use education to give them a different path and on the other hand every time you read a book di ba parang nabubuksan din yung isip mo you learn about a different character who's maybe living in a different country na ibang period of time in history and a completely different culture maybe so that was my experience growing up and i learned so much from reading books tapos ganun din naman yung parents ko so just with providing these kinds of resources we believed we were opening the minds of young people to stories that will help them relate better to people of other backgrounds so parang two pronged siya the way we approached it and so with the libraries as well what was nice was as we started building the libraries nakita namin na it also became a place of friendship and it was important kasi yung mga bata they go to the library and they read together and they learn together and they study together at parang hindi nila alam na because they're coming from these different backgrounds is nagkakaroon na sila ng mga friendship friendship na yun actually yung path to peace just by creating those friendships because they're spending time together in a common space like napakalaking bagay na yun towards building a more peaceful community wow Uh, I love the fact that these libraries, yun nga, hindi lang siya a source of learning or new things to learn, no? Pero it has become like, yun yung kanina mong minention, no? Yung neutral ground, no? Where people can just come together, learn from each other, no? Parang, parang siyang ibang mundo altogether. Parang it's a safe space for kids and for young people to, you know, yun nga, learn from each other, get to know each other then, Kasi, Kumbaga, as you mentioned din kanina, no, hindi talaga, may yung mga situations na they're in, no, they are not the most ideal and the best case scenario. No? So, parang what better way to open these opportunities than to provide these spaces nga for them para ma-realize nila na hindi lang ito talaga yung path. No? Merong other paths na pwede silang puntahan. No? Yes. And that's what I like about these libraries. No? I've learned that you've built many libraries in Sabuanga, in Davao, Rizal, and even in Quezon City, no? Yes, but I have to give a note that we actually stopped our library project. And siguro this sheds light as well on the struggles of non-profit organizations. Because we, we stopped our libraries project a few years ago for lack of resources to really continue them. But we've transformed the model into something that's different now. So we like still creating these same spaces, but usually we namin virtual or through events. And I'll share a little bit more about some of the other projects that we do. And ganun pa rin, same pa rin, looking at youth and opportunities and education and peace building. So ano lang, I just want to point that out because... Some people are still looking for these locations because yes, I agree, it's a good idea. But at that point in time, it became not very sustainable for us. So it's something that hopefully in the future we can take up again, hopefully with more resources. Ayan, actually we're going to we're going through that no you or you already started na parang meron talaga mga challenges talaga na magsusurface no as non-profit no that's the sad thing about doing good doing this non-profit work you know wala ka lang kiniki pero hirapan pa tayo <laughs> pero <laughs> may ugo ni naman yeah. pero yeah it's part of really the non-profit world and the development sector talaga no na may mga challenges talaga along the way so Siguro, uh, continuing that conversation no, for you, Ariza, no, since you took the leadership role na rin, no, sometime a few years ago, no, what were some of the challenges aside of, from the thing that you've mentioned no, that you experienced in running Chris? And siguro, how did you follow through? Sure. Okay, so I'll continue the story a bit. And then I think eventually lalabas din yung mga challenges so apart from our libraries kasi the yung program na yun also went on for quite a while almost 10 years then in fact we also started a scholarship program noong 2011 uh, i remember at that year pumasok ako ng college actually and very super duper lucky kasi nakuha din ako ng scholarship sa UP naman 
And I think yun yung naging spark to say that, okay, try another program. Let's try the scholarship program. And in the next, I think, six years, we were able to fund 400 scholars from preschool to college. And super duper proud hanggang ngayon to say that we were able to produce seven college graduates. So it's not a huge number, but dumaan kami sa butas ng karayong to do that. Kasi alam naman natin napakamahal ng college education. And I was a college student running this program at that time. At naisip ko na parang, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky because I have this scholarship. But I'm witnessing and I'm working with these young people who are undergoing the struggle of trying to finish university with all the resources they need. And we're helping them. And it's a very, very difficult process. So that's one challenge, I think, that's very, very much there in the development sector, yung lack of funding. And I think this is something that's a bigger problem for youth organizations, youth-led organizations, because like ako, I was a college student and it was something that grew out of something that my family started. So I didn't have the connections. I didn't have the background. Parang wala pa akong kilala noon ng mga partner organizations who would help me. I didn't know prominent donors who would be willing to partner with us. And we also didn't have the track record yet to show na, okay, this is what we can do, invest in us. So parang that would come a bit, a little bit later. So I remember, I, parang I think that was 2015. We were at the point na may tatlong scholars kami who suddenly had to, parang we, they were given a certain amount for their scholarship. But then, nagkaroon ng changes sa school system nila. So they had to, parang kailangan nila ng mas malaking budget, basically, para makapagtapo. So, panic kami kasi we were lost. Parang di namin alam kung saan na namin kukunin yung pera. Kasi it's also, parang, I think at the time, we were looking at raising an additional 150 to 200,000 na biglaan because of their need. So, parang is namin, oh my gosh, saan tayo kukuha ng pera? And, Tumating sa point na akala ko hindi na kaya kasi we contacted so many people, we were trying to do fundraising programs pero hindi umabot sa target and I felt like such a failure kasi I felt primarily responsible for this project and it, it, it seemed like I was not going to be able to deliver on the promise that I gave our scholars then. But I also believe that things happened for a reason. And that year, I attended a youth leadership program in Singapore. And I remember, <laughs> nung time na yun, I was also, you know, trying to figure out this crisis, uh, Chris. And we had the sharing session parang on the last day, just sharing about our learnings and things that we were looking forward to. Then I opened na actually I have a big problem when I go back to the Philippines. I'm going to not be able to fulfill on my promise to deliver this education to the scholars that we've been working with for years. And at the end of that, Kasi I remember umiiyak na ata ako at that point kahit na hindi ko sobrang close yung mga kasama ko sa room na yon. Like yung mga kasama ko to the program, I mean I were friend, I was friends with them pero not to the point na iiyakan ko sila pero yun yung nangyari. So afternoon, nilapitan ako nung parang head organizer ng event. So he is Singaporean and he asked me, "How much do you need? I'll make sure you get it by next week." So I will never forget him. His name is Martin Tan, and he is one of the mo- more prominent people in the development sector in Singapore today. And every time I, every time I think about this story, like babalik at babalik talaga sa kanya. So there are these points of light, I think, that keep us going through this development career, this journey that we have. And he was that for me at that point. And it doesn't have to be a person. It's sometimes an organization, a partner or whatever. But parang at those points of super diff, parang it gives me hope. I feel like it's God's way of saying that you're going through a lot, but I'm not going to leave you alone. 
So there's always gonna be something that comes up in your moment of crisis. Wow, umabot na tayo doon. So, yeah. Ang lalim na. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Ayan. So, siguro, grabe, no? Talagang pagdaduhan sa point, talaga nakala mo wala na. Doon talaga mag-flip yung table, yung situation. Yes. And uh, talagang... Emyon, tarang it's not the end. Hindi hindi pa dito natatapos ang lahat. So zooming in further lang donon. When you said kanina na you thought you were already a failure after not you know meeting yung current needs ng mga scholars nyo, and then at the end of the day yun yung nag-flip yung situation. No? As a youth leader, how did that make you feel? And you know what? Did you realize after going through that experience? Because you mentioned that you're like a student, kadenon, and then, parang ano na, parang <laughs> it's a difficult or it's a tough, parang situation to navigate, no? Because student, kaden, may sarili kang needs as a student, pero you're also running organ an organization that may mga nagagailangan ng support, no? So at the end of all that journey, what did you realize? Yeah, so. Nung tinatanong mo ako, isang word lang yung tumatak sa isip ko. And it was humility. Kasi number one, nakita ko yung pinagdaanan ng mga scholars namin. And these were scholars from Manila and Sambuanga mostly. Dun sa mga project sites namin. At I could not believe how privileged I was. Na tipong to the point na pang photocopy nagahanap sila ng pera kasi wala silang pang photocopy magkano yung photocopy parang 1 peso 2 pesos per page or pag nagkaroon meron kaming scholar so her name is Cha she's from Sambuanga and she's also become one of my close friends namasukan siya as Yaya while she was a scholar finishing her degree in education BSN and sabi niya sa akin na papasok siya sa amon niya around 4 a.m. Magluluto siya, maglalaba, etc. Tapos pupunta siya sa school at 7 a.m. Commute, ganun. So school, 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 hanggang 5 p.m. Tapos uwi siya, luto, laba, linis sa bahay, everything sa amon niya until mga 11 or 12. Tapos saka pa lang siya mag-aaral hanggang mga 2 a.m., ganun. So, parang every night, natutulog lang siya dalawa-tatlong oras. And she was already a scholar, but she needed the money to support her family simultaneously. So, mga ganong kwento. Parang, yes, you're right that I was working, I was a college student, and I was working for an organization, and I considered myself a youth leader, pero parang pag i-compare ko yung struggle na dinaanan ko dun sa struggle ng mga naging scholars namin and even yung mga maybe hindi naging scholars namin pero also participated in our projects wala akong masasabi wala as in yung iba naming mga na meet through our organization our youth who have gone through people being killed in their family yung nawawalan sila ng bahay ng mga ari-arian because of the conflict that's happening may family member na na-kidnap etc so parang alam mo yon para all your problems disappear because of the how difficult it is for other students living in these circumstances and then on the other hand naman humility din kasi na realize mo rin na kahit maybe feeling mo na magaling ka na matalino ka especially honestly in my case kasi I was a scholar talagang galing kesay science high school uh, and as a somebody na dating student council parating nag-volunteer na maging leader sa org and then working for an NGO parang in facing all those difficulties those challenges that we went through and understanding how sometimes you could be so powerless when there's a moment of crisis dun talaga natetest kung sino ka and in the end it's not really how competent you are but and how galing or smart you are it was more about your values and how you got through all these difficulties and how you come through at the end and kwento ko lang dito siguro the extension of what I started with kanina because I talked about the libraries and the scholarships 
throughout that time, we were also sending books and school supplies to different partner communities, mostly in Mindanao. And then, okay naman yung momentum until around the time I graduated from college. So, nung college kasi, you know, I had the time to devote to this NGO. Parang wala naman akong work nun. I didn't have the responsibility to support my family nung college student ako. So, I could technically focus on myself, right? But then when I graduated, there was another necessity that popped up. And that was the necessity na, oh my gosh, I need to support myself financially. Maybe I don't need to support my family so much because my parents, alam mo middle class background. My parents really worked hard to get us to where we are now. But I needed to support myself financially. Hindi ako pwedeng umasa ng allowance or anything. And dun napapasok yung, what about my career? Career being a way to earn money and sustain myself. And I think at that point, as I was trying to figure out and to work and earn money, that's when Chris became less of a priority. So this was a few years ago. So I think for two years, we had a few projects here and there, pero it was not to the point na parang ang dami naming nagagawa. So ano lang, like very steady, small flow of work just to keep things going, just to keep some partners or volunteers connected, but nothing big. And I think I really consider that as something na akala ko tapos na. Parang, ah, okay, this is maybe the end of my work with Chris. And actually, for a time, I couldn't accept it. Parang I felt so heartbroken na I felt like I was gonna lose a part of myself. Pero parang I was telling myself, maybe ganito talaga pag lumalaki ka, and syempre you're in a third world country, developing country, so parang kailangan mo talagang kumita, napakahirap ng buhay sa Metro Manila. And syempre, you also have to think about your future. Like, are you gonna start a family? Are you gonna invest in property someday? So mga ganon. But I couldn't accept it. And I think doon na pumapasok yung values over being smart or being competent. Because I think what came into the equation when eventually I decided that, okay, no matter what, I will start this organization again. And this is around 2019. I will start again, just see what happens. I'll devote more time. I'll take time out of my work and do this because this is what I think I'm really meant to do. When that happened, I think that was a question of integrity for me because I have been making so many promises and I've been sharing so much of my story and sharing all of this vision and these ideas to so many people throughout the years and parang feeling ko it wouldn't be very parang paano ba, ano ba yung, I wouldn't have that integrity if I didn't stick to what I've been saying and what I've been believing in all this time. So I needed to continue. That was a way for me to show that this is what I promised. I'm gonna keep delivering. I still believe in this and I'll keep going. So when I started again in 2019, so wala kaming pera, and we had to start from scratch on a lot of things. And again, that's where I'm talking about parang points of light. Na when you shout something into the void of the universe, for some reason, something shouts back at you. And a few months after I decided to start Chris again, we get the biggest grant of our existence so far. And in the past two years, we've been able to deliver like the biggest project also of our existence in partnership with the Coffee and Foundation based in Switzerland and funded by the European Union. So I'm like, mind blown, you know? mind blown. And and it's not all a happy ending. Like, okay, like it's nice of me telling this now, but now I'm also at the point na tapos same project namin. I'm in between funding. So that means I'm looking for the next grant. I'm looking for our next funder or partner. So nandun ulit ako at like, not really step zero, but you know, I'm at a space where it's not like the happiest ending I could get right now. Uh, and my added difficulty rin ngayon, kasi like with our kind, the kind of funding we've had, like European Union, syempre, 
a lot of the aid has been going to Ukraine or places like Afghanistan. The pandemic happened. So, may mga ganang challenges din funding-wise. Pero, I guess, when you put integrity into the question, parang, you know, I've committed this and I've spent so much time and other people have spent time on this. They've believed my story and my conviction. So, I'll keep going pa rin. Grabe. <laughs> oh my god that was, a, that was just a, a roller coaster <laughs> I know right <laughs> like how can I tell you that guy that I'm like okay what happened next what happened next <laughs> I know hi I'm I think uh, many of our listeners would probably be kumbaga nakaka-relate sila dito sa story mo no lalo na yung mga youth leaders natin as students din na, and then also struggling you know During that time, uh, you know, choosing whether to push through with the organizations that they're working on or prioritizing their careers. Because at the end of the day, di ba mga kabataan din tayo, di ba? Yes. Na yun yah. Meron ding careers, cah mga pangangailangan na dapat din pagbigyan ng attention. So the two things that I really love while listening to your story, you no, know, first is may mga times talaga na kailangan nating mag-step back. Step back and it's okay. Uh, yes. And yes, it's okay. Definitely. definitely okay. And although, yung, ano mo yun, yung parang hindi mo maiwas na ma-feel yung guilt. Kasi syempre, you started something and then you promised this and that and then, yun nga, medyo nagiging shaky yung, yung foundation. Pero, okay lang talaga mag-step back and if you really need that time, to think about and figure things out. No, mas okay yun kasi yung push ka na push pero basta-basta mo na lang ginagawa. No? Kasi this reinforces your intentionality. Bakit mo siya ginagawa in the first place? No? So that's one thing na uh, I realized or while listening to your story na okay lang talaga mag-step back. Kasi pwede ka pa rin naman mag-bounce back. No? Ang importante talaga nag-bounce back. And then the other thing is yung alam mo yun yung dedication talagang nandoon nandoon yung dedication sa iyo in the things that you do kahit sobrang ano na parang kala mo magko-close na yung book ng Chris no wow <laughs> nakuha talaga natin yung book De, pero yeah. it's just another chapter ah oh? yes. <laughs> that's good i like that i like that diba it's just another chapter pala na mag-open pa lang and i'm really happy na you were able to overcome that feeling na kala mo katapusan ng lahat kasi when you know when you were able to partner with uh, that organization of from Switzerland you Coffee Anan Foundation i'm sure na napakadami pang mga kabataan yung natulungan and na na-inspire ng work na ginagawa niya sa Chris no and siguro going to do the next question and uh, i wanted to ask you know how do you know how do you know that you're making an impact No, meron ka bang instances or stories that you can think that you know you made an impact on the lives of the people you're supporting or the communities that you're supporting? Okay, thank you. Well, a straightforward answer is recently and because, you know, all of this is also a learning process for me and one of my core beliefs talaga is to never stop learning. We had to use monitoring and evaluation, M&E, across our recent project for the European Union and Coffee Annan Foundation. And it taught me a lot, parang really how to quantify progress. It's not, hindi siya parang exact science, but it gives you an idea of which direction to go. Like, it was as simple as using a pre-test and a post-test. So, just to give you background, itong project that we've had the past two years, it's called Extremely Together Philippines, Panaghiusap. And what we wanted to do was to take youth leaders and turn them into peace builders. So we wanted to give them training on peace building and project management. Tapos once na nagkaroon na sila ng training, we will give them the opportunity to create their own ideas for peace. Tapos magpipitch sila. Tapos select namin yung mga best ideas. Tapos ifa-fund namin. Bibigyan namin ng seed funding. And we also guided them as they implemented those proposals. So ako, I'm a big believer in you learn most by doing. So I think ito yung point nito was that we wanted to 
make them peace builders by making them do the work, not just by subjecting them to a one-day training. So, the M&E process was we wanted to see kung ano yung mga ideas nila around peace building and cohesion at the beginning versus at the end of the program. Tapos nakita namin na actually may positive increase. So it's a good sign. But through this, makikita mo rin kung saan kailangan ng improvement. Kasi nung in-apply namin yung M&E, for instance, sa projects na ginagawa nila sa communities, maraming difficulties din. So nahirapan sila to quantify, maraming challenges because of the pandemic. And in some of those communities din, may mga active conflict pa na nangyayari. So it was also difficult for them. Pero yun nga, it gave us a more nicer structure or framework of how to start processing kung ano talaga yung changes na nangyayari. But I'm... A big fan of stories, as you can see. So, marami din namang positive anecdotes that I think coming from this project that show some level of impact. Hindi man sobrang laki, but I think my ripples of change, you know. One story that I'd like to share. So, all of this is coming from this EU-funded project, Extremely Together. Nagkaroon kami na training in Sambuanga. So, parang may mga 100 youth na nandun, nasa isang venue kami and everything. Tapos, syempre, pag gano'n, alam mo naman, I mean, you've been to these events, you've organized these events. May mga bibo, may mga tahimik, may mga parang leader, may mga sakto lang, gano'n, chill lang. And this one particular young person, so, he's a guy, and tahimik, very tahimik, super tahimik. Kasi, syempre, may facilitators kami, tapos umiikot din kami. So, nakikita namin po ano interactions in all the groups. And this guy, actually, he was a bit, parang, medyo, hindi naman sa aloof, pero very reserved, you know, not really super talking to the groupmates, medyo nagsasarili, ganon. But then, as we went through the program, we were talking about peace building, we were talking about the history of conflict in the Philippines, we were talking about what ways young people can be involved in peace building. In the end, Nilapitan niya ako and he said that he wanted to share something on stage. On stage! And I asked him, what do you want to share? So apparently, he had this prepared parang statement written. And it was about being bajao. Kasi he comes from that bajao community in Sambuanga. And I can never forget this kasi parang... I, I don't remember the exact words right now, pero the statement was written something like, when you have no education, you are never at peace. When you are poor, you are never at peace. I am from the Bajau tribe, and it is one of the most marginalized communities in the Philippines. And that can never be peace. Yun yung sinabi niya. And at that point, this very quiet person, who at the end of the day, really shown for all of us, parang I would like to think that in the whole process of the training, he was somehow able to find the bravery or the voice to share his story. And I will never forget what he said because it also sheds light on how yung peace, it's actually a confluence of all the things that we need to provide. You know, education, health, opportunities, employment, etc. When you have all of that, that can be peace. So yeah, that's one story. And another story I would like to share is ano naman, going to Marawi City. Because when we went to Marawi City, this was last year. And even though that's about four years from when they had the Marawi siege, When we went there, sobrang dami pa rin under construction. Makikita mo pa rin sa maraming buildings yung mga bullet holes kung saan nangyari yung gera. And you can see that the people were still, you know, in the process of recovery, going back to their old lives. And nung dumating kami doon, the first thing we did was to have a sharing of their experience ng siege. And grabe yung pagka-graphic nung mga sinashare ng mga participants namin as in, in really to the point that they witnessed whole families being massacred right in front of them. 
So that was such an eye opener for me. But what we loved throughout that experience was youth paulit-ulit sinasabi sa amin different groups that we met in Marawi the different venues that we went to sabi sa amin please come back here again kasi parang ngayon lang kami nagkaroon ng ganito so in a place of conflict apparently there were not enough opportunities for these young people to train and to evolve as peace builders but in the process of them figuring out how to build their lives back they really had that urge to rebuild actively so nandun yung parang willingness and that passion to witness conflict and then despite all of that trauma and maybe even because of what they experience parang napaka genuine ng intention nila to be harbingers of peace So it was very inspiring and even after all our programs we really stayed connected with these young people. And siguro as a last story I just want to share na yung project kasi na to, we had project areas in NCR and Rizal, Sambuanga and we also had some participants from Basilan and Sulu. Tapos uh, we also did Davao region and Marawi City. So, ito yung mga locations na pinuntahan namin. And in-effort talaga namin to make it physical. Kasi, to be honest, we had an initial trial run na virtual and it did not go so well. There were some results, but you know, it did not go so well. So, we really wanted it to be physical. And, syempre, these were young people from so many different regions, ibang religions, ibang backgrounds. But, we had we were able to come up with one day that we had a simultaneous outreach so we had this day i think ito yung kalagitnaan ng second lockdown or third lockdown basta it was a time na sobrang daming cases ng covid so we all collectively decided na okay anong gagawin natin so in one day we collectively helped 100 families in Quezon City Marawi and Sambuanga. So, sabay-sabay nangyari yun. So, parang even if we were not connected by the physical distance, because of the physical distance, we were connected in the genuine resolve to help those around us. And I guess that's what Extremely Together is all about. Parang, you know, in the midst of it all, how can we bring young people together to have common actions that really build peace and development? Ayun. Grabe, I love your story. Sobrang ano, vivid mo magkwento and I can really imagine how everything was happening. So hopefully yung mga nakikinig sa atin ngayon, no, it was, it, those stories inspired you really to, you know, to continue what you're doing, no, uh, in making an impact, no, if you're already volunteering or being part of any of these organizations, no. Hopefully yung stories ni Ariza talaga, kahit, alam yon kahit hindi siya yung as you mentioned no you 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 mentioned na hindi mo siya masadong kiniklaim as huge impact no pero at least you're seeing these changes na alam mo dahil sa kung ginagawa mo kung baga may at the end of the day meron palang meron palang nangyari sa lahat ng mga ginagawa natin no kasi minsan yun yung mahirap eh, no? pag hindi mo nakikita ko ano yung, yung lalo na pag long run talaga yung impact na gusto mong reach no at It's just, ano, ano tawag nito? Nakapag-drive sa atin to keep going, to keep to keep pushing, no? Siguro, before we proceed to the next segment of this episode, no, my last question for you is, siguro, if you have any advice, no, for any young people who also want to, to follow the path that you've taken, no, what should they expect and what's the first step that they should do? Okay. So, siguro, one thing that I want to share is that okay, siguro what to expect first. So expect that it will be difficult. Expect that it will demand that you perform multiple roles. And I know that sounds hard because you're gonna have to be a accountant, a volunteer, organizer, a facilitator, a speaker, a messenger, a driver, lahat na lahat mag-set up ng stage, mag uh, mag-distribute ng flyers, bibigyan ng pagkain sa mga tao, you know, all of it really 
I'm sure you know it's part of it. But it's nice because throughout all these experiences, the difficulty and the variety of the tasks you'll face will really help you develop as a person. Yeah, we all go to school, but all of this, this work that you do with communities and outside, it really gives you an edge. Not just, you know, in your future career or in your professional development, but it also gives you an edge because it gives you a more nuanced understanding of how the world operates. And because you meet so many people then, parang really mas nagiging deep and diverse yung understanding mo sa mundo, which is important, diba, as you're growing up. So that's one thing I would like to share for expectations. And then dun naman sa one piece of advice. So feeling ko one thing is to be flexible. Because I see a lot of youth leaders like me, parang you know, sobrang passionate. High school, college, let's do this! Salitayo SK! You know, Salitayo Orgs to school! Let's start this initiative. And then somehow they feel that they lose that spark when they start working, corporate, ganon. But I really think it doesn't have it doesn't have to feel that way because when you're flexible and you somehow believe that you can still do something, the smallest thing can be a manifestation of your mission. Whether it's you keep writing, you know, parang konare like with you, you have a podcast and it's really important, so it's a manifestation of your mission. Or if you work in corporate, magvolunteer ka. To organize a local community outreach, that's a manifestation of your mission. If you have a family, you have kids, then teach your kids about what's happening to the advocacy that you've been passionate about from school, whether that's, I don't know, mental health, the environment, education, you know, just teaching, passing down that knowledge, that passion to your kids is also a big thing, right? So your flexibility, na hindi nawawala yung mission sa'yo, but you can manifest it in ways that can fit your current lifestyle or your current setup. Because I don't want to be an idealist. I want to be practical and say that wherever you are, whatever time you can devote, it might work. You know, it you can fit it in. So you don't have to do the big things. Because maybe for you making a podcast, it's difficult now. Or maybe in my case, parang running an NGO, it's also difficult. But the little things really matter because it's made up of little things that add up over time anyway. So that's one thing, being flexible. And then another thing I think is to have more empathy. And this is a bit of a call out because now I think with social media and how people are becoming more polarized and divisive, there's a lack of empathy. We're trying to work for the community. We're trying to help our fellow countrymen, but we don't make an effort to understand them. And I think this was very palpable nung elections. Na parang we are working in the development sector, and yet we're so quick to judge people who might vote differently or who might have different political beliefs than we do. Eh, paano kung yun yung binoto nila? Kasi talamak yung vote buying sa area nila and this was the only way they could earn a little bit more over their usual small income or what if hindi lang talaga hindi pa talaga sila aware on what constitutes good governance or maybe they're really very much heavily influenced by historical beliefs that are not necessarily true so and daming ganong factors and I think if we see a problem we can't you know, go right in and say na, okay, I'm gonna solve this problem. I'm right. I was educated. I know how to do things the right way. I'm smart. We have to go in there and try to understand people first. And if we encounter people who think differently than we do, we have to exercise empathy and really come from where they're coming from and not parang shout at them or parang exert some kind of power over them. That's why in the projects that we do, we really make it a point sa Chris na we co-design the initiatives that we have with the local communities or local youth organizations para kung ano man yung gagawin namin doon, meron na kagad design nila, may inputs nila, may buy-in nila. And so it's really a true partnership rather than a top-to-bottom approach. So, yeah, siguro more empathy. Kasi 
I think and dami na talagang cases na just because we're working in the development sector, we always feel that we're right. We always feel that we have the moral high ground. And that may not necessarily be the case. Paid of the money, top of na napakaganda ng na <laughs> advice na yun. No? So maraming salamat, Arisa, for sharing those pieces of advice to our listeners. Hopefully talaga you keep this in mind, no flexibility and having empathy at the end of the day. Ito yung mga bagay na kumbaga, would help us become a better development worker, become a be- better volunteer, better person in general. no. And hopefully then these pieces of advice were able to inspire you to you know, take the first step because it's usually the hardest part of the journey, right? And in case you have any further questions or messages, no, feel free to DM us on IG on Facebook or drop a voice recording by anger.fm. No? It would be very amazing to hear you guys react to these amazing pieces of advice from our Lisa. Thank you. I don't know if I can top off that. No? So in later to this episode, I'll take over the podcast because I'm just going to be like, So, ayun, maraming salamat ulit for, again, for those stories kasi it's a good reminder then every now and then, diba, that we're not always right and we have to keep an open mind, no? It's like, you know, reading a book. Wow, ito na naman tayo sa mga book, ano natin, metaphors, no? Parang, hindi mo, uh, don't judge it by just looking at it. You have to go in there with an open mind and then try to understand what's happening pa lang, no? Bago natin isusulat together yung susunod na chapter. Wow! Para sa, you know, para ma-achieve natin yung common, ano natin, yung mga shared goals natin, di ba? Kasi at the end of the day, wala naman taong may gusto ng masaktan yung bawat isa. No? At the end of the day, we want a world where, you know, everyone is striving, everyone is in a better place, hindi natin kailangan mag, ng conflict, or essentially, we, we don't want to live in a world that's really bad for us, no? So, Ayun, having empathy will help us you know, create that better future and yung future na hindi lang para sa atin kung mga shared future then talaga to with everyone else Alright, welcome to the lightning round segment of this episode. Nako, ito na yung mga laging favorite part natin kasi this is the part where we get to know our guests beyond their advocacies. So Ariza, I'm just gonna ask you five questions and please answer them with the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Game! Okay. First question, what's your favorite book? Oh my gosh. Uh, it's a book... <laughs> It's a book called Memory. So non-fiction siya, pero currently yun yung tama ba memory ba yung ano? Yeah, I think it's called Memory. <laughs> yeah, oo. Okay. Next question, if you can walk around with your own background music, what would it be? Mm. Alam mo yung song na Dreams ng anong band ulit yun? Sorry, sinesearch ko ngayon. Hindi ako prepared. Fleetwood Mac, yun. Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. So, meron ko nakitang viral video of this guy, parang umiinom siya na orange juice, tapos nag-skateboard siya, na nag-viral sa TikTok, yun yung song na yun. <laughs> Alright, so, Dreams by Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac. Okay, third question. If you can invite anyone over dinner, who would it be and why? I think Barack Obama. Very interesting, yeah. Okay. Fourth question, if hindi pandemic ngayon, where would you be and what were you doing? Feeling ko same lang, pero baka parang baka mas na level up yung parang na accelerate yung ginagawa ko ngayon kasi hindi as in what I'm doing now or what I'm doing in general pag hindi pandemic. Well, in general. <laughs> Ayun. So feeling ko same lang, pero medyo accelerated kasi parang may mga lull nung pandemic eh, na hindi na ano, walang park, walang ginagawa. So, baka like six months into the future, ganon yung timeline. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. And this last question is the question from our previous guests dito sa para kanina podcast. No? It's from Kiel Mariano of Streets to Schools. Oh, Kiel, yeah. And ang question niya for you ay, kung hindi ka itchy, okay ka lang ba sa Makati? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question. 
That's funny. Hindi ko to in-expect Bakit yung fast talk walang choices? I'm confused. <laughs> Di ba yung fast talk may choices? Sorry, nag-shutdown na yung brain ko nung sinabi mo fast talk kasi akala ko may choices. Like yun, ano, uh, chocolate or candy. Pero yung pala kailangan mong isipin so medyo parang hindi ako prepared. <laughs> okay lang yan. Okay lang yan. It's, ano, parang it's a spontaneous, ano talaga, okay. a way of getting to know our youth leaders para makita na kilala natin na hindi naman pala laging seryoso yung mga youth leaders natin. May mga, mga tinatago din silang mga kalokohan, di ba? Parang, ano yun? Marami, marami. <laughs> My friends would say. <laughs> Time to interview those friends. <laughs> okay, so now that you've answered all those questions, no, ikaw naman ngayon na may kapangyarihan to ask the next guest any question under the sun. You can go okay. easy or go difficult. Wag lang math problems kasi hindi ko verify kung tama o mali. So, <laughs> what's your question, Ariza? First thing that comes into my mind... And siguro, hindi ko matatop off yung kay Kiel. So, something food-related because I love food. So, siguro ito, pag may isang restaurant na maging unlimited, like lifetime supply ka sa Grab Food or Food Panda, anong restaurant yun? Ooh. Pero gusto ko na sasagutin mo siya para alam ko rin. Para, so, sasagutin mo siya ngayon, tapos pwede mo rin siya ibigay sa next guest. Oh my God. Para may question ako for you. Oh my God. Ang hirap naman. Gusto ko yung binalig mo rin sa yung question. <laughs> Second guest ka na na hindi makakabalik. De joke lang. <laughs> De joke lang. Ah, dahil mahilig ako sa cakes and pastries. Corn peas. Ah, good choice. Good choice. Cakes <laughs> for life. Cakes. I think, actually, actually hindi rin pala. Parang dap. Mernels. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Oh, hindi ko yan alam. Mm, okay, must try, must try. If you go to LV, you have to have Mernels. Kasi Mernels, Mernels. is the bomb. Yung chocolate cake nila doon. Nice. In, wala na iba. Wala na ibang mapag, makikitang Mernels aside from that sa LV. Okay. Nag-iisa lang siya. So, if, Noted. If you drop by Noted there, with Mernels. thanks. <laughs> Ito yung mga halatang hindi pa kumakain ng dinner. So, ayun. Food. <laughs> Food. Alright. Thank you so much, Ariza, for that question. So, for our next guest, no? If you can choose any restaurant na may only supply ka sa Food Panda or sa Grab, no? Grab food, what would it be? Ano yung orderin mo? Ano yung restaurant na yun? Yes. So, abangan natin sa next episode kung sino yung sasagot ng question na to, no? But for now, I want to give the floor to Ariza. No? If, do you have any upcoming events, activities? How can our listeners reach out to you and even volunteer in your activities? Okay, great. So, sa ngayon, we're actually setting the plans for the next few years of our programs. So medyo ideation stage kami. But still, we'd love to get connected. So if you want to stay updated kung ano activities namin. And likely, we will be continuing our education programs kasi we feel na we need to lean more into education bilang my education crisis ngayon. And also, we're also thinking of new and different ways to promote peace building among youth in the Philippines. And it's exciting kasi we're thinking of new directions to take. But yeah, stay connected by liking us on Facebook. So yung Facebook link namin, it's facebook.com slash Chris for Peace. Yes, Chris for Peace. K-R-I-S for F-O-R, Peace. And then our website is actually chrisforpeace.org. So ganun din, K-R-I-S for Peace. .org. And there, you can also find our links to Instagram and Twitter and also our email address if you want to reach out to us for more specific questions. All right. Thank you, Ariza. Now, to all our listeners, be sure to check out Chris Library. All the links that were mentioned will be down in the episode's show notes below. So to cap things off, no, one final question as the title suggests. Para kanina mo ginagawa ang mga ginagawa mo, Arisa? Oh, wow. So, siguro ito, lahat ng ito, <laughs> i-dedicate ko siya sa mga kapatid ko. 
I have two siblings. One of them is 21. Uh, one of them is 12 years old. And I want them to live in a world na hopefully most peaceful and most developed. They live in a country that they can be proud of and that they, as youth as well, are encouraged to be leaders. So I know that I do this work for so many, so many other young Filipinos. But parang for now, I want to dedicate all of this to my siblings, who I really, really love. Kung hindi lang sila sobrang tahaw at sobrang nagagastos yung pera ko dahil sa kanila, mas love ko pa sila. Pero okay, love ko pa rin sila. Ayan, so kung makikinig kayo sa episode na to, bawas-bawasan na joke. Bawas-bawasan <laughs> <laughs> yung grab food. <laughs> Ayan, so maraming maraming salamat ulit, Ariza, for taking this time and for sharing your stories sa ating listeners and to your siblings. Ayan, noted nyo yan. <laughs> so, as usual, to all our listeners, no, don't forget to follow or subscribe to Para Kanina Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Like and follow nyo na ang Para Kanina Podcast on Facebook and on Instagram for more sustainability-related content. No, Follow nyo rin ang Chris Library for more information about their programs and activities. No, They have lots of things to come. Parang yun yung sinasabi kanina ni Lisa. No? Maghahanda yes. na tayo. No? And yun, dumalaki na yung community natin. So we'd love to see you there sa Facebook and on Instagram. No, Don't forget also to leave the show a rating on Spotify and a review after listening. Kasi when you do that, no, you're helping me bring our episodes to more young people out there. Alright? So thanks again for vibing with us. I'm your host, Adriel. Catch you in the next chat here on Para Kanina Podcast. Bringing stories that move youth. Bye! Bye! Thank you, everyone. Bye.